This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. with Emily got a new podcast coming out togetherness next year but we thought it'd be a good idea to do a 2020 life lessons podcast I mean this year's been a little bit rubbish to say the least um so yeah we thought we'd discuss it but actually focus on the positives um how are you feeling Emily um Glad that 2020 is going to be over, to be honest. I'm not too optimistic of the next year, but it's uh, just nice to be closing a chapter, I think. Most definitely. Um, I think we can all, yeah, give a clap to 2020 ending. That's enough with the uh, sound effects. Anyway, uh, we're talking to James, um, who's a peer mentor and well-being coach uh, for the NHS, and to Luke, who's uh, owner and founder of the Stress Sessions podcast, which I will also be featuring on in the new year when it comes out. So yeah, some really interesting topics to talk about. Um, and we've got a few hours until the new year is finally here and we can wave goodbye to 2020. So uh, without further ado, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> 
So thank you so much for joining, um, Luke and James. Luke, you're from the Stress Sessions podcast, and uh, James, you're a peer mentor as well, um, who you do a lot of mindfulness training, um, well-being, um, coaching. Uh, tell us a bit about you, about yourselves. Introduce yourselves. I'll let you go first, James. There we go, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still getting used to these. No worries. Uh, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, my name is James Keenan. I am a peer support worker and peer trainer uh, for the Southeastern Trust, which is part of the NHS. And uh, through that, I am assisting uh, those persons uh, in mental health recovery, um, basically to self-manage their their own mental health and well-being. and to be able uh, to give them the opportunity to be able to enhance their lives um, by having hope, taking taking control and uh, finding those opportunities out there um, for anybody who wants to get on into, uh, into a stable, uh, say, uh, a stable position. Uh, and it's basically... Uh, it's very difficult to explain in, in very little words because um, usually I have a huge speech in my head when someone says to me, uh, what exactly do you do? But it's basically I, I, I'm there to provide, provide that training and support anyway to, to individuals um, to self-manage their mental health. But then on the other side of that, I am a mindfulness teacher, a mental health and a wellbeing coach. Um, so basically guiding people uh, guiding people through uh, their mental health journey uh, and also uh, in the in that coaching category uh, it's not just about the mental health but it is of course about the actual overall well-being uh, so that's everything from your physical health to your mental health um, uh, thank you very much yeah and Luke the stress sessions I was uh, lucky enough to uh, join you a couple of months ago now wasn't it it was what yeah i think i think it's about a month a month ago or so now i think it was yeah it's it seems ages ago it's it's to be fair though i think this this whole year is just merged into one it's well it's it's one year obviously but it's it just feels like it's been the same month repeated over and over again so it's a bit it's just a bit weird but yeah I'm, i'm i'm luke clark i'm from the stress sessions podcast and the, the stress sessions is basically well it was originally me just telling my mental health story of having anxiety and depression and it's kind of developed further into talking to people like yourselves um about their mental health stories and how how we can collaborate and help one another and other people with mental health issues to kind of get the help they need and just have other people to speak to because i think the the key thing with mental ill health is is just talking and getting the word out there and and just having the freedom to speak about it without kind of any embarrassment or stigmas going on and I've throughout this whole process I've been doing this for about it's it, well it's six, it's six months today actually so oh, wow. um, I've just learned that talking is the key thing and the more people that we can get to speak about their mental health the the, the kind of better it's going to become the stigmas are going to be defeated and the world would be a happier place I think 
at the end of the day. So, yeah. No, definitely. And uh, you both do such amazing work. Uh, James, we connected on uh, on Twitter and your positive messages that you'd put out. You do a lot of work really helping, inspiring others. And Luke, the same. Um, I mean, James, you've probably been massively busy this year um, due to the pandemic and how much change and uncertainty and just it this it's just been mentally exhausting I bet that's had such a profound impact on you and the work you do as well absolutely Joe and the thing is it's we're trying to meet the expectations of your work before the actual pandemic so you have you you work to your, a very high standard before the pandemic, but when when this all came about and the the country went into lockdown and it seemed very unreal, and uh, and straight away the intensity of mental health and for me trying to deliver training on mental health, it's it became so challenging, so much so. For instance, the trying to connect with people on Zoom, and um, I, I I never worked. Uh, worked on Zoom before until this pandemic and the, the very few months, first few months of delivering training it actually caused me more anxiety than than, than it would do uh, on a face-to-face basis if I was delivering training um, so yeah, I mean the numbers have been absolutely huge, the rise in mental health uh, is on the up um, and it's quite sad Um but it's just one of those things now that we have to grow to accept that uh, that we all do have mental health um, and it's something that has to be recognised and, and everybody needs to take it serious and um, not just on the aspect of of having I, for instance I hate that stigma that, that people say mental health problems uh, you have mental health problems and I hate that word problems because problems is associated with a stigma, and um, I, and at the end of the day, it's it's an illness, it's a condition, and so I think just trying to get people to recognise the rights uh, and the positives rather than the wrongs and the negatives. So with having uh, with having the uh, mental health. Uh, mental health illness then yes fair enough it's it can it, it's a process and it, it can't be managed um, all in all with the right tools and techniques and of course the the patients and being resilient and that. but with the stigma that's going about uh, and even and it's quite sad because even today and, and in the state this is that even at the minute um, with, the, with the pandemic and that it's you think people be more open um, and try and uh, be more open and try to accept that mental health is a reality for us all. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating when you have, when you have people who are generally suffering and there's people out there who are saying, Oh, mental health this and mental health that, and it's very tough, and uh, it, it's not being looked at properly, and it's hard to manage. But people don't understand what it's like to have mental health unless 
have experienced it themselves. So being able to, to hold that mental health experience and being able to relate to other people, it does somehow make it, it makes, it's a strength in a way, because it, it makes you, um, it makes you a uh, part of someone else, it being part of someone else's journey. And that's so in turn, so when you're in that, in that mind frame, it's very, it's very easy to, to let it run away with yourself. And because you have the, with the, if you have a lived experience and someone who doesn't, and the, the, with the whole stigma process, it's very hard to relate people like that and especially in this time where we're finding ourselves in it's it's extremely challenging it is and and people i think just people really need to understand more and definitely understand more um about about mental health and and not even about going into conditions and illnesses but they actually talk about um well like we small things like being kind and self-care and all those wee things all add up you know and it makes a huge impact and that's something I've learned and I think this year um I mean that's that like you said the awareness um Emily also talk <laughs> you can come into this and add your thoughts as well <laughs> um I'm conscious I'm doing all the talking um but I mean Luke awareness is a lot about what you do you talk to so many people and the understanding and I think despite what a tough year it's been one of the great things that has really come out from this year is the awareness of we all have mental health but how mental illness is such a big thing and mental health is something that needs to that is a priority we need to look after it and self-care is such a necessity. I mean, Luke, from you've spoken to a lot of people throughout this as well. Like what sort of things have cropped up for other people? What have they struggled with? And what what's been your your outlook from all of this? I think I think leading on from what James has just said, I think it is and it's, it is a massive awareness piece that what what we're all trying to do I think but from what James just said it is it's a massive educational piece for people as well so I've recently just had mental health first aider training and that was a real eye-opener for me because I didn't I I'm I'm just coming at it from a kind of anxiety and depression perspective I don't know about other mental illnesses and I, I said at the start of this podcast that it was mental health problems. And I think, again, it's an educational piece of learning stuff personally, but then also educating other people with the right terminology and letting, letting them know what mental illnesses are out there. Because until you know what ones there are, you don't necessarily, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't understand them. And through doing my podcast it's it's kind of been a real eye-opener of kind of speaking to people with eating disorders and people that have suffered with bipolar um people that are self-harmed and it's I, I've I've never spoken to 
anybody that's had an illness like that and it's it's just I, I personally feel honored that I've now got that kind of knowledge um that I can go and speak to people about those sort of topics but I think they're topics that everybody should kind of learn about um and I, <laughs> sorry I'll, I'll let you jump sorry I, I was just saying okay. you know following on from the point of mental health first aid training I think personally that's something that should be mandatory through workplace because you know some people they do only have their work life and their home life and sometimes they're quite isolated at home and so they don't have the contact with other people in those scenarios and for me personally I've struggled with my mental health in the workplace and I've tried my best to sort of disguise that and and work with my co-workers but a lot of them don't have any knowledge of those kind of things because they are sheltered in certain aspects and I think you know when people do only have that commute to and from work especially now being isolated working at home you do need to check up on people and touch base and and things like that we have a co-worker who lives alone and you know we all like to just check it up on her because she doesn't have any pets or, or you know she's been taken away from having her time at the gym which was her coping mechanism and um, you know it's just about sending that message or you know making sure that they're okay because some people don't have people to check up on them and some people might be struggling thing with things that other people don't understand because they're not educated in mental health yeah, yeah and I, th- I think I, I i kind of think that so I, again in one of the podcasts i, I spoke to a, a good friend who's a who's a he- um, assistant head teacher in, in a school um in kent where i used to live and mental health is being introduced more and more into schools education but I, I think it needs I think myself and Joe spoke about it on, on, on my podcast but it needs to become more prevalent in in both primary and secondary schools just so that children are aware of mental illness full stop mm-hmm. because it's I, I, I again I think we've spoken about it before but it, I, I didn't know what mental health was until probably I was late teens <laughs> and it because you because you don't know what you don't know do you and it's 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 one of those subjects that just needs to be taught properly I think I think that education needs to start from a young age and we touched upon it as well you know from the aspect of when we went through uh, my experience at school and being bullied you know there's so many young people that are kind of singled out victimized and who are bullied because there is there's such a broad spectrum of mental illness there's so many different conditions um and it affects so many people in different ways as well and I, that education starting from a very young age kind of it makes it just putting the education in there there's less stigma attached to it it's not that person's a bit weird it's the understanding the reasons for it and the pandemic for me has been a bit of a blessing because there's people even without underlying his uh, an underlying diagnosis of any sort of mental illness have been struggling and it's really put that focus back on actually we need to look after each other and think twice before we start judging 
other people. Um, but I think also a lot of kindness has come out of the pandemic. You know, people have reached out, they've, they've helped one another, you know, even down to doing groceries for elderly neighbours, the clapping for the NHS, a bit controversial in certain aspects. But, you know, it's that sense of community, um, you know, the food banks where people have been really struggling. So many people are so much more willing to chip in and help their neighbours and their communities. Whereas before, I think as a nation, generally, we can be very insular with our own thoughts and feelings and, and worries. And because the world, yes, it is still busy but not to the same aspect where you've got so many excuses or so many things going on in the background that you forget you know the people around you and now you know that's all been drawn back in and in our times of isolation we have really understood and appreciated the people around us and helped them in ways that we wouldn't have done before and I think that is something for us to be proud of yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think we've all seen that the world's a bit of a, a kinder place, even with social media. Um, like if, without the pandemic, it, I probably wouldn't have met James and yourself, Luke. Um, social media is used in not very nice ways, and I think that's been focused on so much without mm. the pandemic happening. But actually, the networking, the kindness that's spread throughout the social hem- hemisphere, I think that's the word. Um, it, it's been quite amazing. There was one one issue that obviously needed addressing and I think, it, I, I know we're a bit short for time with both of you, and I, but I think it's important that is discussed as well. You know, domestic violence is uh, a massive issue, something that, affects a lot of women and a lot of men um but before the pandemic we all knew it happened but when the pandemic hit like that social isolation and unfortunately there were people obviously at home with their victims and weren't allowed to go out um what really came about is actually how massive domestic violence is and I, i wanted such a kind of touch upon the issue here you know anyone that might listen back to this podcast uh, there was a 75 percent increase um in the first two months of domestic violence incidents and you think of that like the impact on someone's mental health of ptsd as well and I mean what both of you guys do you know Luke the awareness that you spread in the not feeling alone and how the country pulled together as well like James the work you do I'm sure you've spoken to people who might have been victims of domestic violence as well but the world came together to really reach out to offer an olive branch we saw victoria derbyshire on the bbc um with a simple trick writing a helpline on her arm just in case the victim saw it um there was a group of men who um had a removal company that went round, and i think it was something like 180 different victims they helped move out of the the place of danger into a safe environment for no cost 
it was all just purely because so many people were trapped with no place to go you know they didn't have the resources to leave and yet these amazing people just said look where do you need to go we'll get you there all for free don't worry about it and they got these these women and these men and these families into safe environments and just doing something like that is absolutely amazing like think about how much time that would have taken out of one person's day to help one person, you know, just move a few bits of furniture, get them settled in, you know, and that's changed someone's life completely. And you, it is just amazing to think that there are so many people that are struggling, that are stuck in these kinds of environments. And yet there are these people out there that are helping them and we just need more of them. Absolutely. And, just like uh, I mean, seventy-five percent of an increase is absolutely huge. Um, Definitely, and it's so sad that it's taken a pandemic to you know, we actually see that. But yeah. like you guys said, with the kindness of other people and just people just recognizing, like so Victoria um, Derbyshire, who had the the helpline on her arm, the removal man um, that you guys were saying. Um, I think it's incredible. It's like because I come from a background of working in an emergency department and um, within the hospital, so um, we had training and on uh, domestic abuse and trying to trying to spot victims and stuff like that. And we have like these we uh, these we uh, they look like lipsticks um, mm. and sometimes pens, but uh, and sometimes even just uh, like. Uh, like we help lane cards, but not necessarily on domestic violence. It could be just an uh, uh, an information card on children's parties, as an example. But on it, there's a secret barcode, and in that barcode, there's a number to call. That's amazing. Uh, and just wee things like that, I think, is absolutely powerful. But in my line of work, and uh, I don't specialize in this subject whatsoever. But through my work, there has been. There has been uh, people who have been victims in the past and just being able to talk about their lived experiences and uh, in in domestic violence and whatever associated with mental health also. Uh, that alone, being, being up here and being able to speak out and advocate that it's okay to speak out, it's okay to reach out, is absolutely huge. It's, it's probably one of the biggest tools I say that, that that we could use I think it is one of the hardest things you know being through situations like that having to admit to yourself that those things have happened and that you have these problems and that you need help is so huge because people in that situation do tend to hide it you know like you said you have to try spot it nobody goes around advertising that that's the kind of situation they're in so being people being wary and and being aware just of of certain signs and and things like that and just offering something slightly hidden as well because that gives you more confidence to accept it you don't want to be taking leaflets on domestic violence with all these big you know pictures and and signs because that puts you in more danger um so yeah definitely having those sort of subtle hints 
being recognized and the the sort of unfortunately underhand ways of helping people is really important because sometimes you're not really willing to understand or accept that kind of situation absolutely and like my my um i have my parents were in a domesticated uh, relationship and my mum um carried on for 17 years in that sort of a relationship and she she didn't recognize it she didn't accept it until just one time it was just enough is enough she did see that it was wrong and it wasn't just affecting um just wasn't affecting her but it was affecting us all and and she was able to make that make that change and um so now for uh now growing up my mum's out of that relationship for a long time now thank goodness and um, but she had the strength to be able to to speak up it might have taken her 17 years to do it but she did it and exactly and, uh, as i said to my mum said my mum would still feel a lot really guilty that it took her that long but i'd say to my mum celebrates that she did it shows a real strength doesn't it and i think mm. something which a lot of a lot of us take for granted so uh obviously i know time is of the essence um luke i think you've uh got uh, uh something happening haven't you in about 15 minutes yeah yeah my, my wife's doing new year's eve dinner <laughs> so, mm, lovely <laughs> um so uh, as well as it being a bit of a negative year for a lot of people, we, we've touched upon a lot of awareness that that's happened throughout the year. Um, and actually the things that this year has taught a lot of us. Um, one of the things I will say as well is like the materialistic things that I think we, a lot of us focused on, like having the best phone or best clothes, but actually things so close to home, like just the sound of, of nature, having complete freedom in how we move around, live our lives, was something we took for granted before. But I think now there's, I hope it will carry on that appreciation for what we really do have in life, not for those materialistic things that I will go to the shop, get the most updated phone or whatever. Um, and hopefully um, when this is over, it's something that we will all focus on. Um, but if you you could say 2020 has taught you any life lessons, what would you both say it has taught you? I touched, a, touched upon some um, in an article I wrote, like self-care is a priority, not a privilege. Um as one example of what I think this year has really taught a lot of people, but Luke and James, what what things would you say are the are the key things to take from this year, which are life lessons, which hopefully a uh, bit of a negative year has taught us all. I I think my well one of mine is that like you just said, you don't actually need a lot of the stuff that you have, and twenty twenty is it's been the year of stripping everything back, stripping like everything back that you could possibly have and leaving you with the bare basics. So, so stuff like 
I've gone out for walks. I've walked so much this year and usually I just jump in the car and go somewhere and get there quicker. Whereas this year I've taken in my surroundings. I live in Milton Keynes. I've seen so much of Milton Keynes that I didn't know was there. Um, And it's been lovely. It's been really, really lovely just to kind of bring it back down to that sort of simple thing. Um, But in turn, it's actually enabled me to meet more people like yourself i've i've launched a new running club um with with people that i wouldn't have met had that not been launched and i, I think the simplicity of everything has been an absolute blessing for probably quite a few people because they've kind of seen that like you said they don't need the latest technology they don't need to have like ridiculous ridiculously expensive clothes and stuff like that and the, the power of conversation like this is is huge um and linking it back into the, the mental health aspects is that the more conversations that happen like this and the more people that are integrated into that the more kind of limelight that is shed onto mental health and more people learn about it so i think that kind of going going full circle I think that that's been kind of one of the key learnings for me is that you don't actually need a lot of the stuff that you have definitely um a massive massive lesson uh, and I think like we've touched upon quite a bit the how adaptable we are as humans and change is something we all we all fear um myself being and Emily we're both on the autistic spectrum what very wide spectrum um and we're very mild but change and uncertainty is something that really panics anyone with autism and anyone without like no one likes it but how everyone has had to adapt we've not been given that choice we've just had to get on with it adapt to the new rules but we've done it so fast in the way we work in the way we live our lives and I think a really big lesson that we can all take from this is actually no matter how much you may fear it one it's a positive thing two it's inevitable things are going to change uncertainty is something we live with on a daily basis but we can do it as well um James what are your thoughts what what's an important life lesson from 2020 yeah i have to agree what you guys have all said and also look um i think we do take so much for granted on a day-to-day basis and i think it's taken a pandemic to be able to recognize the the things that shouldn't be important that are important and things that are important shouldn't be important the likes of a i remember the times i would have seen my phone sitting at five percent battery and i would freak out and uh, i got I need to get a charge of quick. I need to get home. You know, I would cut uh, my meal short just to get home to find a charger um, for my phone. And things like that don't matter. You know, and one thing I've learned is, and one of the biggest things that I have to take away from the year 2020 is the fact that the connections that, with that the world has adopted to be able to, to um, use... So the likes of, um, I know it's take, I know within the pandemic, it's it it, it has been challenging, um, but people have still come together. Yes, we can't meet face to face, 
um, or in big groups, but we have that. We have those choices to write a letter, send a text message, send an email. You know, go on Zoom, and um, FaceTime. And I, and I think for me personally, the 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 power of connecting with people, um, has been has been absolutely huge. It's been so powerful. Um, and I, I, I hope that continues on into year 2021 um, and hope that people will be able to not just think, oh, remember that time when we used to have to use Zoom uh, and, <laughs> and send letters uh, because of the pandemic. I just hope it just continues on, um, most definitely. And, and there is a lot of lonely out there too, and just not during this, these challenging times. But there always has been those who are lonely, and I just hope that people checking in and those who are lonely and feeling isolated that that still continues to. I think I think just the power of uh, connection and reconnection is hugely important, and I just hope it continues. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. And Emily, what what what's twenty twenty taught you apart from uh, don't don't move in with your boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think you I think me personally and and everyone you can handle far more than you think you're capable of and particularly you know with having my little one their children are very humbling you know he has no concept of what a pandemic is or what tier we're in or you know what's shut and what's open and where we can and can't go you know they have needs and they have wants and and they have their own emotions and frustrations and anxieties about things. And um, obviously having a little one, I've been a working mum and I always thought, no, I could never be a stay at home mum. But that choice was taken away from me when the nurseries were shut. And I thought, how on earth am I going to cope? You know, because he's a very busy, lively little two-year-old as they all are. And, um, you know, it was very hard, but we got through it because we had to get through it. And we've got such a better bond from it. And he's developed and he's had that one-to-one connection that, you know, I'm blessed to have been able to give him and still be able to work and, and do all of those things. So, you know, that's one thing that I'm very grateful for, apart from Joe, obviously. Oh, <laughs> But, you know, that we've been able to have that time that otherwise we wouldn't have had. And it's been really great for him. And it's also been very great for me. It's been a real eye opener to what some single mums, you know, have to deal with on a daily basis. And, yeah, he's he's just sort of made me get through this year, really, you know, as children do. But, yeah, no, it's, it's been a good year, really. It, it's been challenging, but it's put a lot of things into perspective, I think which is the main thing. I, I think as well that it's made people make big decisions that they wouldn't have necessarily made had this not happened. Yeah. And not, I, I, don't, I don't know when you guys moved in, but that's, that's <laughs> one of the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, this, and, and this is it. It's, it's a, we've, we've moved house. We wouldn't have done that had this not have yeah. happened. I wouldn't have changed jobs. I wouldn't have started a new job. And You just realise life's too short and too changeable. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's good to have that. Not general nudge. It's been a massive, massive push, but it's, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's I, I, 
Yeah, but I, I think it's a really positive thing because it's it's the decisions that wouldn't have been made had this not have happened, and I'm happy that they have sort of been made for me in a way. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Likewise, but it's been nice to slow down a little bit as well from living a very fast-paced life full of just working non-stop. I mean, I was doing days and night shifts, working four jobs back to back, finishing one, literally getting like, what, half a Sunday off uh, every week. Um, and I don't think I would have ever given that up. I'd like to say I would have, would have but too much of a routine. But <laughs> it's it's been nice. I've, I've been able to slow down a bit now. And without the pandemic, like, it's, We've had to had to adapt. We haven't had that option, but like you said, um, good job. Those decisions were made for us sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> make you think about things in a in a very different light. But uh, have you? Uh, I mean, I, I don't normally do any New Year's resolutions. Um, I, I just try and aim to be a better person every year. That might be a bit of a cop out, but have you guys got any New Year's resolutions that? You want to want to achieve next next year. Um, well, I'm not a big lover of resolutions because I think you're setting yourself for setting yourself expectations, and if you don't meet them, you're you sort of crumble afterwards mm-hmm. with regret. So, I like taking each day as it comes. Um, but a bit like yourself, I just I just aim to be a better person. Um, so so for this year, I'm just. I want to be more kinder to myself um, and start to take pride in myself and uh, take pride in my work and, and everything that I do because I can be my own worst enemy sometimes and uh, I, I'm very much a people pleaser so I'm, I'm always trying to yeah, help others and sort of neglect myself so this year I, I really do want to try and be kinder to myself, try and be a better person. And just enjoy life. I mean, I have a partner and a dog and a great home, and I just really want to embrace all that and, and see what the next year brings me. Definitely. Luke, what about yourself? I think mine's to be a bit healthier. So it's not resolution, but it's just I need to change my lifestyle slightly because I think, <laughs> I think because there's been so many or I, I, I well it's, it's just a personal thing but i we've got a lot of takeaways over the past couple of months that i yeah. need to Same. stop getting <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've put i've put weight on I've, i think i've probably i i don't weigh myself but i've probably put on about i'd say two stone since the beginning of march probably was um, there even a pandemic if you didn't put a couple of stone on <laughs> exactly. exactly yeah but i've 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 committed to two marathons next year so i need wow. to lose the weight and get fit so that's my kind of big push into doing that so you're doing awesome. a lot around Milton Keynes as well you're quite close to home for, for us i work yeah, in Milton yeah. um but i see oh, okay. your see your lovely instagram updates um and i feel um very bad and <laughs> very envious that you're out able to do it and there's a yeah I need to push myself a bit more but no thank you guys for joining Luke when's the stress sessions podcast um so the, coming out the first one is out on the 4th of January um and I'm speaking to a footballer called Matt Smith um and he's I think he's 21 
Um, and yeah, he, I, yeah, I, I didn't actually realise he had mental health um, illness until I started speaking to him. So I, it was just going to be a general chat, and it kind of got a lot deeper. But um, yeah, this this series two is coming out. You're on it, which is amazing. I'm really, really looking forward to that one coming out. And yeah, they're they're out for the next couple of months. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Fantastic. And James, have you got anything coming up um, well, next I, year? I, I'm hoping to put um, some pen to paper. I'm really, I'm really keen to, to write um, a book. So, oh, wow. Um, on um, mental health and well-being. Um, so I'm hoping to do that. Uh, and I'm also uh, I'm planning to open up my own well-being clinic. Also, so I'm just trying to get things sort of together and trying to set up a, an agenda, let's say, mm. and then and hopefully take off from there. Amazing. Um, and yeah, next year we've got our little podcast starting. So uh, this is kind of the start of many. So we've got our togetherness podcast, a bit of a corny name, but I think it's important. <laughs> I think if I could describe... This year, in one word, uh, I think togetherness is very, very important. And uh, hopefully, um, yeah, we'll see We'll see how that goes. I do apologise, obviously, recording these podcasts, and I've had um, Siri popping up trying to reply to everything I've just been saying, so it put me off a little bit. <laughs> but, guys, it's been a pleasure talking to you all. Um, Happy New Year. Thank you very much for everything both of you have done this year. Um, look forward to doing a lot more work with you both um, in the new year, but thank you for everything and a very happy new year. Likewise, Joe. Thank you very much for helping me and um, all the best for the new year. And um, you guys, uh, hope your podcast journey goes, <laughs> goes as planned. And, um, <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll be learning from Luke. Trying to take a few tips. Oh, I, 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 I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. So <laughs> just we're wing already it. set then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I will let you get off. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you, James, and happy New Year to all of you. Take care, man. Take care, guys. Speak to you later. See you later. Bye. 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 The Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square Sweepstakes is back. Every time the score changes, someone wins $50,000. Plus, two grand prize winners will win a half a million dollars they could use toward their dream home. See rules and enter for free at RocketMortgageSquares.com. Rocket Mortgage, official mortgage sponsor of Super Bowl 55. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 U.S. and D.C. of age of majority. Ends February 4th. Licensed in all 50 states and MLS number 3030. The NFL is not sponsored promotion in any way. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.